Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated General Grabber ATX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. You can go to TireRack.com Dan. That's TireRack.com Dan. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Come on in, stay a while. Court storming. Talk a little bit more about that, possible solutions. We'll have Seth Greenberg, former college coach, now an analyst at the Mothership. He'll stop by the Duke Center. Kyle Filipowski, no major injury. Turned out that he uh, tweaked his knee not his ankle. Say good morning if you're watching on Peacock. That's our streaming partner. Download the app if you haven't done so. Our radio affiliates, we're over 400 affiliates. Fox Sports Radio, iHeart Radio. We'll uh, have a new poll question for the final hour, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Paulie just said to me, at some point this week, can I break into programming when we get hand size of quarterbacks at the Combine? And I said, absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. We crushed that last year with the Kenny Pickett news oh, a couple of years ago. Oh, my God. We were first on that. Yes. Yes. So well, that will be breaking news when we find out just how big Caleb Williams' hands are. Yes, Marvin. We don't have to do this if you guys don't want to. We don't have to. Embrace it with your little hands, Marvin. Come on. Uh, it's still one of the better segments we've ever done on this show. When we didn't know each other's hand size, and Seton thought that he was going to have the smallest hands, and then all of a sudden he reals, realizes that he's got bare paws there. I mean, I those, mean compared to Marvin's, yes. these are massive. Those are massive, massive, massive hands. Like a butcher's hands. They're just gigantic. But the fact that Ray got everybody's, measured everybody's hand size and then didn't let anybody know, I didn't know the results, and I, I'm, I'm opening this up and I'm going, okay. Biggest hands down to the smallest hands. And then I said, and the smallest hands, Marvin. And Seton flew out of his seat. <laughs> it was it was like he was ejected from his seat. Yes. He's oh. And not that we've made fun of Marvin or, you know, made a t-shirt out of that. We didn't do any of that stuff. Yeah. And we could have done that, but we didn't. We haven't made fun of you. We rarely bring up your hand size. I'm glad the audience has no idea what no. we're talking about either. <laughs> Oh, when we were at the Super Bowl, Marvin was going through the audience trying to find people, even if it was there were women that his hands were bigger than, and that he would be like, "Yeah, look at how big these bear paws are." <laughs> yeah, Paul. And if you remember, before the results were uh, unveiled, Seton was like Joe Namath. He goes, "You guys are all playing 
for second place. He guaranteed victory oh, yeah. or, or loss, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Well, I mean, come on. It's got to be upset of the century that Marvin's got smaller hands than I do. Yeah. that's Nobody saw that coming. Come no, on. they did not. That was awesome. Truly shocking. Yes, it Truly was. Truly shocking. Yes. That, to me, would have been court storm worthy. Whoa! I would have stormed the court then in that case. If this, if there was a court to be stormed, I would have stormed it. And I would have been in favor of that. Even if somebody got hurt, I would have been in favor of that court storming. Yeah. All right, poll question for the, fi- <laughs> for the, for the final hour. This is a real show. Yes, this is, is what we do for a living. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. In case you guys forgot. Okay. Uh, right. Which free agent running back would you sign first? Ooh. Oh, okay. We kind of hit on that a little bit. Why do uh, I feel like Saquon Barkley well, is going to end up in the Cowboys? If they were free agents. Yeah. If they were free agents. Okay. Saquon Barkley, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard. Those are their five choices. You want to guess? Saquon Barkley. Yes, he's got 30% of the vote. Guess who number two is? He's also the oldest running back. Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry, yeah. Josh Jacobs, uh, then Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard. You want to know what's a crazy number to me? Uh, Or at least maybe this doesn't surprise you at all, but I was shocked when I heard it. You know how? Yeah. The number of touchdowns Austin Eckler has? No. Okay. Do you know how old Todd Gurley is? Todd Gurley is 31. Anybody else? Marvin? 32. Todd? 33. Paulie? 30. 29 years old. Whoa! 29 years old. Wow. Todd Gurley is still in his 20s. He's been out of football for three seasons. Dang. What? No. Devastating injury. 29 years old. Yeah, yeah. I would have been. I was. I was about like. Oh, he's got to be like thirty three. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Twenty nine. Yeah, I would have thought that. The uh, franchise tag though is a big deal for the running backs. Everybody's available. Um, the question is, any of these running backs going to get maybe a three year deal? Uh, Russell Wilson. He was on uh, Brandon Marshall's podcast and uh, had this to say about being a Denver Bronco. I got more fire than ever, honestly, especially. If- over the past two years of what I've gone through, whether it's in Denver or somewhere else, I, I hope it's in Denver. You know, I hope I get to finish there. I, I committed there. I wanted to be there. You know, I want to be there. For me, it's about winning. Over the next five years, I want to win two. Okay. He wants to win two games. He wants to win two games. Mean spirited? No, I, I know. We haven't, had, we haven't had Russ on in a while. We've tried so many times, and he just continues to be not available right now. At least not to us. I guess he's talking to okay. All right. Brandon Marshall. But when you're down, we're there for you. That's right. I mean, you know, when you're riding high, we're there. When you're down, we're there for you as well. We can pick up his spirits a little bit. He wants to win two more Super Bowls, or he wants to win also, just like his coach and the rest oh, of the Broncos. Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure what he meant there. Okay. All right. I'm <laughs> yeah, I also want to win. I'm going to give you a bloop bloop on that. I think he put his house up for sale. I think his house in Denver is up for sale. Thirty $30 million, something like that. I hope he stays and proves everybody wrong. Thanks, Tom. We like Russ. Yeah. Let's ride. Uh I think I think he's got his house on the market, Paulie. Yeah, and his contract though is very wonky. It's hard to understand how the Broncos can get out from having They him just have to eat thirty nine million dollars if they they release him. Oh, I'm looking at this, and I think he's under contract for 24 and 25. He, he is, but what I read was they would have to eat the $39 million this year. 
and then they wouldn't have to pay him that last year. Yeah, his okay on March seventeenth, twenty twenty four, about three weeks from now, his twenty twenty five salary of thirty seven million becomes fully guaranteed. Yes. So if they did something before March seventeenth, they only have to take the hit for this upcoming season. You're yes. correct. Yes. So thirty seven million dollars. Okay. But if you if you replace him, are you replacing him with Kirk Cousins, or are you going to go into the draft? I I mean, do I want to have Russ at that price for those next two years, or do I want to bring in Kirk Cousins, who's going to cost you probably the same? And then there's still the talk about Pittsburgh that uh, you know Russ could end up with the Pittsburgh Steelers, or Kirk Cousins could end up with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So there's there's a lot of time here before we get through the combine and then free agency and then certainly with the draft. A couple of phone calls in here. A lot of people fired up over court storming, and I've just asked that you got a solution. Um, all ears. Shaq in San Antonio. Hi, Shaq. Hey, Dan. Dan, it's Shaq, 5'5", 145 pounds. First of all, I want to say baller, shot caller. There's an art to stort court, uh, 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 court storming, court, uh, storming and, and field storming. First of all, you got to wait until the last minute and a half of the game. Go to the student section and allow the student body first to rush the court or the field so they get arrested first, detained, or ticketed by the local police uh-huh. department. Then you follow them I because see. it becomes... It comes becomes too big of an issue, and you got a free free for all on the court. Second, wear the uh, the team color on your face paint, or wear a lucha libre mask, <laughs> and you can't be later identified by the local news or media. And that way, you also have the ability to deny. Uh, that you were the one who did that to your employer should they see the local sports news. All right. Well, thank you, Shaq. Well thought out. And once again, those are uh, great ideas, great options here. Uh, Let's see. What else do we have here? Uh, Tim in West Virginia. Hi, Tim. Hey, DT. 5'11". And a hard 160 pounds. Hard. Hard. Hey, uh, so for the court storming, since everybody already knows that it's going to be happening, no matter what we try to do, because it's a bunch of 18 to 21-year-olds that are storming the court, um, and we want to make it safe, I think we should do it a little bit more. I think the coach for BYU is kind of on the right idea of practicing it. I think those first two rows of students are usually seniors and kind of super fans. And so you can have uh, you can have dates circled on your calendar of teams that you're going to court against you can notify those teams ahead of time like the day of the game um should that team be in the top 10 and you're unranked or something like that and then that student body can kind of control the rest of the the first two students can control they can be like the gatekeepers yeah well you know you can practice uh court storming just like byu did get the prior to the game get the uh, student body there and just say okay after we beat duke this is how we're going to do it Okay, everybody's in agreement here. This is how we're going to do it. And then we're going to have it on the Jumbotron, and we're going to have a 10-second countdown of when you can run on the floor. Yes, Marvin? Didn't uh, Digger Phelps Phelps at uh, Notre Dame practice cutting down the nets before the UCLA game? Was I hearing that right? Hmm. When they they stopped the 88-game winning streak? streak, Yeah. Hmm. I I got to look that up. Wouldn't be surprised with Digger. 
He's a, uh, you know, gamesmanship there with him. Yes, Paul. Like Texas A&M football, the night before, they have the yell eaters and they have cheering practice at midnight, the midnight yell. Mm. Like you start practicing for the games, get the get the fan base ready. Maybe they should be practicing football wow. instead of, you know, practicing their yells. Come on now. Yeah. Too soon. All right. I know. Just saying. Jeff in L.A. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind? What's going on, D.P.? Hey, bud. What's up, D.P.? How you doing? Hey, man. Hey, real quick, I was actually in Vegas. I flew up the Thursday night of Super Bowl week just to see your guys' show on Friday. Uh, my flight wasn't as strenuous as Fritzy's, but uh, that's okay. Mm-hmm. So after the show, I was in the hotel lobby uh, where we were staying. There was this guy rummaging around for some Gatorades in the back of the refrigerator, and I held the dollar for him, and he turns up to me and says, Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. It was Peter King. So I said, hey, Pete, you're welcome. No problem. So I asked him in line, and I said, hey, you missed you on DP this this week. Where were you? He said, hey, I couldn't make it, but I will say this about those guys. I love them. Dan is one of the great true guys in this business, and all of his staff is top-notch. So he had nothing but great things to say about you guys. Jeff, if Peter had negative things to say about us, would you have called in? I would have called directly on that first show Monday. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. Yeah. Never can tell. You know, when somebody says, hey, I met you back in 1992, I always say, how was I? Because I don't, or, or you'll get somebody who says, hello, remember me? I'll go, I ran into a guy that I apparently met in 1989, basketball player. And he was working at a grocery store. And uh, he came out, and he goes, hey, you remember me? I go, uh, <laughs> no. He goes, are you serious? I go, yeah, I'm serious. And I hate when somebody does that because I feel <laughs> bad if I don't remember you. You know, if, if like, did you do my knee surgery? Like, what? how would I remember you? And uh, he said, no, you, you interviewed me back in 1989, Final Four. I said, uh, it's not ringing a... And then I finally go, oh, you know what? Come to... Th-. Like, I had to salvage that. I felt bad for the guy. And I'm going, you know what? Come to think of it. And then he goes, yeah, yeah. Were you fake recognizing? Yes. Charles? Yes. <laughs> and, and then I, I, I think I might even have said, how do you spell your first name? That's a good move. Oh, no. It's not always a good, when they go, it's it's T-O-M. And then I go, yeah. I thought it was T-H-O-M. Oh, God. I thought you were thumb. Oh, my God. It's a good cover, though, Bob. Do you, hey, hello, you remember me? No. No, I don't. Felt bad, but uh, I'm sorry. And you did more than a few interviews. It wasn't like you did two interviews at CNN. Yeah, I've done a, I've done a few interviews. Yeah, you've over done a the couple, years. Couple interviews. Yeah, yeah, Marvin. Sorry, going back to Digger Phelps. Yeah. They did practice cutting down the nets the week of the okay. UCLA game. I love it. Yeah, they ended up uh, beating Bill Walton and uh, South Bend. Tilly in Bloomington. Hi, Till. Good to have you back. Hey, Dan. Thanks. Great to be back. Hey, first. Uh, great work as always on your part with the book purchase. Uh, nothing but class there as always. And great Peter King interview. Had a quick Peter King story. And uh, kind of like your last uh, comment you made, yeah, I'm sure you remember this because it was 15 years ago. But had a funny one. I was at 
walking around the combine, ran into Peter King. We started talking, walked with me for about six, seven blocks, talking football, talking beer. We ended up taking a picture holding up a sign that said DP show number one fan that old school McLovin put on the front of the website back then. Hmm. But then we're walking by Jason Garrett and they say, hi, they talk for a second. And as we go, Peter says, you know who that was? And I said, yeah, it's Jason Garrett. And he said, no, that was the mo that was the um, highest paid assistant coach. Who's going to soon be an NFL coach. And sure as heck the next season, there he was running the Dallas Cowboys. All right. Well, thank you, Tilly. Yeah, I've known Peter a long, long time. Because uh, I was in Cincinnati when uh, I would I would go to Cincinnati. I was working in Dayton. I would go to Cincinnati when the Bengals would play. And then I would just go there to get sound. I volunteered. They didn't even pay me. And then I did it for a local uh, TV station in Dayton. And I would be holding a microphone after the game. Chris Collinsworth was the rook was a rookie with the Bengals, Boomer Esiason, Anthony Munoz. Like you had a really good team there, and all I would do is just hold the microphone. Occasionally, I'd ask a question, but you know, I wasn't like uh, a professional. I was just somebody who was holding the microphone, get sound, take it back to the uh, sportscaster in Dayton, Ohio. But when you think about Chris Collinsworth, every single game that I went to, every single one. Game ends, first locker, Chris Collinsworth. Because that dude was really good, and he loved to talk. Yeah, Paulie? I've always thought this, and it's pretty obvious, but those guys who play in the NFL and other leagues who are the best quotes and available to the media have the easiest time getting uh, media careers. If you go back to Strahan, when Strahan was up and coming with the Giants, like his second or third year, we always got him on our show. He was available to the media. He's always available, made himself available. I don't know if he was had that much forethought to think, I'm going to make a media career to this, or he just liked to talk. But look where Michael Strahan is now. I mean, he's a behemoth. He's not doing sports per se. I mean, he's doing Fox, but yeah. he's, I mean, he's doing Good Morning America. I think it's like a, the way he handled his career is genius. Well, the, you're finding more and more players, and there's more and more outlets that you can have your own podcast. Uh, you know, you can be uh, a frequent guest on a radio show, or you could have something on YouTube. You know, that's it's there for you. You just have to want to do it or know how to do it. Yeah, Mark. You saw guys like Ryan Clark and uh, Greg Olson while they were still playing yeah. towards the end of their careers. They were doing stuff in the off season just to get themselves prepared for what was coming up next. And shout out to Ryan Clark. Got a new contract with the mothership. Oh, good there. for him. Yeah, man. yeah. He's very good. Very good at what he does. All right. We'll take a break. We'll get some more phone calls coming up. Seth Greenberg, mothership analyst, and uh, we'll get his thoughts on court storming. He's got a couple of suggestions. You'll hear those next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody. Game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. 
but there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too? is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Watch a little bit of North Carolina and Miami on the mothership last night. R.J. Davis had 21 in each half. And if you total that up, Todd, that's 42 points that he had last night. Nice job. That set the single-game record in the Dean Smith Center. Who do you think held the previous scoring mark for North Carolina at home? Marvin, I'm going to start with you. Phil Ford. Paulie, I'm going to go to you. Oh, man. Jerry Stackhouse. Todd. James Worthy. That was my guess, was James Worthy. Oh. It's the obvious answer. The guy who might be the all-time leading scorer in ACC history, Ed Coda, Tyler Hansbro oh. Jr. the third, wow, had forty. Psycho T. Yes. <laughs> Woo! Here's Darius Rucker. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes the stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes the stat of the day. Stat of the Day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. He's Seth Greenberg, former college coach, now an analyst at the Mothership. He joins us on the program. Seth, the immediate reaction you had when you saw the end of the Wake-Duke game. 
immediate reaction was a lack of planning by Wake Forest. Uh, uh, the administration did not have a pet plan in place to make sure that the officials and the players got off in a safe, safe manner. And it is real simple. When you look at the video, Dan, look at the number of fluorescent jackets or the lack of number of fluorescent jackets or security that surrounded. Look, you were favored in the game. You were favored in the game. You were favored by two points. There's a good chance you're going to win the basketball game. Wake Forest is a really good team. And it really bothers me because it takes away from the win that Wake Forest had. It was a, it was a program win. It was a win that's going to get them in the NCAA tournament. They have maybe as good a starting five as any team in the ACC. Yet all we've done in the last two days is talk about the court storm, but a lack of planning. You might have said you had a plan, but you know the plan. The plan you had was ineffective. You know at Wake Forest, the students sit at both ends. All right, Steve Forbes called a timeout with like two seconds left. I'm thinking in my mind is watching it because we had the same situation when I was at Virginia Tech and we played Duke. I'm thinking in my mind as I'm watching that here come the fluorescent jackets and they're going to create create a tunnel, and they're going to help these guys get off the court. No jackets. I'm sitting there watching and going, uh-oh, we got a problem here. Buzzer goes off. It was a fast-developing court storm coming from both ends. The players had no chance, really. Uh, and to me, it was just a lack of planning uh, and embarrassing for the league, embarrassing for Wake Forest. And I'm a John Curry fan, but I just think they, they, they made a huge mistake. And thank goodness – it didn't end up worse because Kyle Filipowski, whether it's knee or his ankle or whatever happened to him, mm-hmm. uh, you know, here's my deal. And we talked about this this morning on Get Up. So say say he gets pushed, all right, and someone pushes him and he falls in. As he's coming down, he pushes someone back. Who's the villain? He is. He is. Mm-hmm. No win. It's a no win situation. So there's got to be a plan. We got to have a solution. Like agility is part of any business. You know, in your business, what you do, you've shown agility. You, you, you change with the times. You you know, you, you, you recreate certain parts of what you're doing, how you're doing, and why you're doing it. In coaching, agility, you see the game has changed. You use the three-point rule. No, you know, freedom of movement, this greater flow. You know, inverting your offense, having a big skin handle the ball. So when it comes to court storming, I used to love court storm, Dan. We've got to have agility. We've got to have some solutions. We don't have, maybe we don't have to eliminate it, but we've got to have agility to make sure the officials – and the players can get off the court safely. Yeah. That's what I keep saying. Just ensure that you have a police presence, that their job is to get the opposing team off the floor and get the officials off the floor, and then have at it if you want to. And we're going to see this, and look, ESPN has glamorized this for decades. Uh, you know, these conference tournaments, everybody wants to make Sports Center, and they're going to do this. I'm worried about the tone of court storm, uh, court storming. Like the tone of it now has changed. It's here's a video watching me. You're not necessarily watching what's in front of you. It's like I'm going to do a TikTok video. Yes, that that to me is even more of a concern. If you want to be on the floor, I, look, I don't want to be the old guy. Get off my lawn. But I also think you have to ensure the protection of those student athletes and the officials. That is paramount. How many official or how many police officers it takes? Not security. I want police officers there to make sure that they get off the floor. Wake beat Duke last year at Wake. They didn't storm the court. So, like, why now? It's a rite of passage. I, I think these students think, you know, it, like you said, it's their moment. They're not in the moment. They're basically creating the moment by using their phones and documenting it instead of, you know, instead of being organic and spontaneous, yeah. 
now it's it, it's almost a rite of passage. And and the other thing is, society in general, Dan, and, and I really believe this. There's a lack of respect for others. So those kids are running on the court. They don't give a crap about who's in front of them. And if they have a chance to have that viral moment, maybe they can push Kyle Filipowski down or bump into him, and they they can turn around and go, "Hey, you know, see what I did to Filipowski. See what I did to Mark Mitchell." There's a lack of respect, not just in court storming, but just in society. And let's face it, everything that happens in life, you know, it trickles down. I mean, it doesn't just stay in one certain area. And because of that lack of respect, I think that it, it's become increasingly dangerous. So I, I, my plan is real simple. Game's over, all right? And, like, first of all, the students, if they're going to get their student tickets, they have to sign a contract, and there's, and there's going to be consequence about abiding by the rules in relation to end of games, entering the court, court storm, however you want to write. They have to sign a contract. It's a binding contract with the university. But game ends. 30 seconds, 45 seconds, a minute, whatever it is, you put it on the clock, all right? The storm can't start until the horn goes off. Play the alma mater. You know, at Virginia Tech, we say play under the Sandman, whatever it is. People are still hyped. You get those people off the court safely, boom, let's go. And you know what? You're still going to have that same moment. You know, you're still going to have that same experience. Or have the, have the players, this is like what I call inverted, uh, inverted court storm. Game's over. People leave the court safely. Players and coaches go into the stands and celebrate with the students jumping up and down, music's player and taking pictures. People get a chance to high-five the players and do what they want. You got to have agility. You got to have agility in the world today. And I, I think we're not showing, you know, it's not either black or white. We can find somewhere in the middle where it's safe for all parties. We're lucky in some ways, Seth, that this happened at a quiet time in the world of sports. There's no NFL Combine's just getting started in a couple of days. Like, there's a lull in the action. The NBA is starting after the All-Star break. So we will focus on this. But my concern is, how long do we focus on that? You've been talking about this for years. Yeah. Nothing's happened. And I don't yeah. know if anything's going to happen here. It's just... The commissioners are involved, though, now. And, like, it's not an NCAA issue, Dan. Okay. Like, everyone... It's easy. We call NCAA... No, it's not an NCAA. This this is done in the athletic departments. It's done at the commissioner's level. Who do the commissioners work for? They work for the presidents. So there's a conference call allegedly today or tomorrow with all the commissioners. And you know what? I don't know if it's going to work across the board, but for the Power Five conferences, they, there needs to be some type of protocol in place. And, you know, again, come up with a solution. But the, everyone wants to blame everything on the NCAA. Everything is the like. You know, hey, it's sunny outside. Good job, NCAA. Crap, it's snowing outside. God damn it, the NCAA, they can't, they can't control the weather. It can't be, you know, it can't be everything. And my dad, I love Billis. I love him to death. My daughter works for his law firm. But, you know, like, everything can't be their fault. I agree. I know. It's easy, it's easy to use them as a scapegoat. Um, let me hit you with this one before I say goodbye. Uh, if Caitlin Clark surpasses Pete Maravich on the all-time scoring list, should she be viewed as the all-time leading scorer in college basketball history? She should be viewed as the all-time leading scorer in college basketball history from the point of four-year players. Because you can't – Pistol Pete did it in three years. So I think you got to categorize him a little bit. And Pistol Pete didn't have a three-point line. And Caitlin Clark's phenomenal. I love her passing. I love her feel. I love her vision. I love her sizing. She can see over the defense. I love everything about her. 
Uh, and I love that her, her teammates celebrate with her. Like, it's not they, they celebrate her and they celebrate with her. You can see they have a great connection and, and trust and respect for what she's done and how she's included them in it. But what Pistol Pete did with no three-point line in, in three years, I think you got to have a separate category for that, but I think we've got to celebrate the incredible accomplishment that she had. Uh, because if Pistol Pete played four years, I mean, that, that record probably would never been broken. No, nobody's touching that. But – I, and I've told this story on the air before. Uh, Dale Brown knew that I was a Maravich fan. He he sent me actual game footage that LSU had, but he also sent me the uh, the shot chart for Maravich, and said that he went back and said just based off the shots he was taking, without knowing that that would be the, where the three point shot would be, he would average fifty five a game. So oh, yeah, <laughs> so. If you're averaging 55 a game and you're doing that, he averaged 44 a game for three oh, years. And, uh, you know, granted, help did his dad let him, you know, shoot all the time. But still, that I, I, tell, I tell the audience that the pressure of having to go out and score, like Iverson, every single night, you know, Jordan, every, Kobe, every single night, just the energy, Caitlin Clark, every single night, the energy it takes, because you can't have an off night. If you do, your team loses. They are dependent on you to get shots up. And I always found that, that, was, that it was underrated. People thought, man, it must be nice to shoot all the time. Everybody knows you're shooting. you got to shoot. And you're the focal point of the other teams. Here's the, the amazing thing is getting that many shots up. You're the focal point. You're sitting in your locker room before the game. You're playing Caitlin Clark. All right, when Caitlin Clark comes off screen, we're trapping her. We're going to deny her the ball back. You know, We're going to match up with her in transition. You know, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna defend her with a bigger player. Whatever it is, she's the focal point of everything you do when you prepare for Iowa. Just like Kobe was, just like Maravich was, just like Iverson was, just like West was. I mean, West had a little company with Elgin Baylor, but you know, as you go back, but I mean, like to me, that's the incredible thing. Like they're saying we're stopping Dan Patrick, and she's saying, and eh, no, I think I'll drop forty tonight. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's amazing. When they set out to stop you, yeah, like Toronto set out to stop Kobe when he scored eighty one. <laughs> so it's not a good, it was not a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> Great to talk to you, Seth. Thanks, I appreciate it. All right, buddy. That's uh, Seth Greenberg, former college coach, now at the mothership there. Uh, Brian in uh, Virginia. Hi, Brian. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Uh, thanks for taking the call again. Uh, two quick things. First thing, I uh, really appreciate your guys' suggestions for Dublin a couple months ago. Uh, my wife and I did not get to meet Lionel Messi, unfortunately, uh, of bartending, but we did have the Red Breast, and that was definitely in the top five whiskeys I've ever had. So I appreciate all the suggestions from the guys. Uh, another thing, I, you know, today for me, the best story from yesterday to take something negative from the my Toronto Raptors was that pizza party that they got for three in a row yesterday. I feel like if anyone's going to storm the court, it should have been the players, but <laughs> maybe take you know a suggestion and calmly walk on for that pizza party. Yeah, the Raptors coach promised his players a uh, pizza party if uh, they strung together a three-game winning streak. And uh, they did. Uh, you know, Ended up uh, beating the Pacers. So uh, that's their longest winning streak of the season. And uh, the players responded by chanting, pizza, pizza. 
I like it. A little pizza party. You're never too old for a pizza party. Yeah. You're you're too old for Chuck E. Cheese, but you're you're never too old for a pizza party. Yeah, Paul. Never underestimate a free meal as an incentive. I yeah. mean, this show is based upon That's that. true. Yeah. That's why we have Meat Friday. If yeah. you guys are good Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then we'll have a Meat Friday. Yeah. All right. Take a break. Last call for phone calls. What we learned. Final results of the poll question. This day in sports history. We'll do that next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Oh, it's time to play How Much Will Monty Williams Get Fined for Saying This After the Pistons' Loss to the Knicks? The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We've, we've done it the right way. <clears throat> we've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. We had a chance to win the game, and the guy dove into Asar's legs, and there was a no call. That, that's an abomination. You cannot miss that in an NBA game. You cannot dive into a guy's legs in a big-time game like that, and there be a no call. It's ridiculous, and we're tired of it. 
We just want a fair game called, period. And I got nothing else to say. We want a fair game. And that was not fair. I'm done. Okay, the NBA admitted they made a mistake. Now, can you fine the coach for something he said after the game, a game in which you missed the call? Let's go around the room. Monty Williams, how much does he... Yes, Paul? Would you like to know if he has a previous violation, which would affect the fine? Very important factor. I'm going to say he has a prior. He does have a prior in uh, critiquing the officials. 11 months ago, he ripped the refs in a loss to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Shockingly, they took the Lakers side. And uh, he did the one comment walk-off. $20,000. Okay. That was his first offense. Let's go around the room. How much, if anything, does Monty Williams get fined for his comments? Todd? 53500 All righty. Seton O'Connor? 55000 All right. Marvin? 25000 Paulie? 20000 because it's like they're not going to upgrade because they were at fault. I'm going to say he doesn't get fined. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's punishment enough to coach the Pistons. Oh, that I uh, <laughs> that won't be the release, will it? No, wow. no, he suffered enough. I don't think that we're going to find him. Wow. Yeah, yes, but <laughs> well, when you say something's the worst call and it's an abomination and it's not fair that the, somehow the refs are not being fair to your team, that's got to be yeah. dollars. It's it's got to be at least twenty five large. I'm guessing. Feels like that. The the abomination, but I'm going zero. I'm, I think the commissioner is going to look at this and he's going to be sympathetic. Maybe not. This day in sports history, Paul. I got a bunch of them, Dan. Let's go. Uh, Major League Baseball in 1908 adopted the sacrifice fly rule. It was repealed, reinstated, and then became permanent in 1954. Right. I don't understand it, but it's fantastic. 1912, the New York Yankees announced they would be wearing pinstripes on their uniforms. Uh, 87, SMU football, not a good day. The entire 87 football schedule for gross violations of the NCAA rules was wiped out. Mm. No more football, death penalty. Athletic corruption. Yep. Yes. Uh, 1996, the Chicago Bulls reached 50 victories in how many games? The Bulls had 50 wins in? 56 games, which was an NBA record. Okay. That's nuts. Mm -hmm. And 2003, Emmett Smith became a free agent for the first time when the Dallas Cowboys released him. On this date, this guy had 28 assists. On this date, Seton, it's your favorite player. Who? Bob Cousy. Oh, Rob. Rob Cous. Yeah, Bob Cousy. I was like Allen Iverson? No. No, couldn't have been him. Well, it wasn't Ed Coda, who I've already named him once. You imitate Bob Cousy. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. He's a magician. Yes, he is. And then you got the old time announcer. He actually signed a thing, a picture for on the me. side, on the side of your desk. He there. signed a picture of me doing an impression of him, <laughs> which somebody somebody sent that in, and it is the nicest thing I think anyone's ever sent me. It's Bob Cousy signed a picture of me doing an impression of him. That's incredible. Bob yeah. Cousy is ninety five. Yeah, and he would. Beat and he my could still, ass. and he could still probably get seven dimes in a game. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They can't stop Cousy. <laughs> yeah. They never make him go to his left. The He's always going to his <laughs> of all force this league has ever seen. He has two broken hips. <laughs> He's got a walker, and he's still able to drop dimes. Yes, Marvin. <laughs> Another reason to watch Blue Chips. Bob Cousy plays the athletic director okay. in Blue Chips. Bloop, bloop, bloop chips. Uh, Cousy had 28 assists. The Celtics beat the Lakers 173. 139. 
And uh, let's see. Here's one. Oh, I didn't know this. 1998. This team became the first team in NBA history where one team scored more than twice as many points as their opponent. And this was 1998. Indiana beat Portland 124 to 59. That's the first time that ever happened. Uh, let's see. Go around the room for all the results of the poll question. See, we got a couple of them working here, Dan. Uh, we have what will the NCAA do about court storming? Measured reaction, overreaction, no reaction. Mm. Right now, no reaction, crushing at fifty-eight mm. percent. Uh, all right. Yeah, all and right. then we also have which uh, should they all be free agents? Which running back would you take? Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, and Josh Jacobs. Right now, it's pretty much a tie between Saquon Barkley and Derrick Henry. Mm. I think Derrick Henry's interesting because he's the oldest of them. He's 30. Yeah. And he feels like he's an old 30. Yeah, there's a lot of wear and tear there. Yes, there are. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, Sean in Indianapolis. Hi, Sean. What's on your mind today? Nine and seven eighths inch hand size. Um, I was calling about the uh, court storming. Just take a page from It's a Wonderful Life and have every floor, gym floor, be retractable and have a floor. <laughs> it's all those morons. Yeah, so, they, they go, they have the high school dance, and then somebody accidentally, well, no, I think they purposely hit the button, and the court opens up, and there's a swimming pool underneath. And uh, people fall in, then everybody jumps in. That was crazy. It, 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 it was. Zuzu. Mary. Thank you, Todd. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> the balloons. Yeah. You balloons, get, Norman. Balloons. Balloons. Still think it's balloons. No, it's the loons. That's what you say it is. I, I know. think it's balloons. I know. Balloons doesn't make any sense. No, it does not. But uh, on Golden Pond. And he's referring to some kind of birds. Or she's they're, referring to They're the loons. Not loon. crazy people in the, the, the woods. No, not the loony bin. Okay. The loons. Loon. And Todd thought they were saying, why would she say Doesn't make balloon. sense. I know. But I decided I balloons. <laughs> I guess she wanted balloons for some, balloons. Like some event coming up. Balloons. Norman, your he loves you. He really does. I'll get you the balloons. Relax. All right. All right. Kate Hepburn. Let's go around the room, what we learned on the program. Todd, you started out really quick. It was Friday, Fritzy. Some did not like it. No, they didn't. <laughs> at all. Shut that guy's mic up. Yes, yes. Roberts in Sacramento feels there's just no way to prevent stored corming, and it's really only the blue bloods that are upset about it. Wow, you're making fun of him, huh? Stort corming. Uh, scene, what did you learn? That was Peter King's last appearance on the show. Yeah, apparently. Never coming back. Don't need him anymore. Nope. Marvin, what about you? Todd Gurley is 29. Paulie. Trailblazers, 59 points. Embarrassing. Yes. Todd, what did I learn? Peter King, not holding back, says the NCAA is an idiotic, useless organization. Hottest rookies, biggest superstars, the all-time greats. The only place to collect them all. Panini trading cards, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Instant classics, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, and more. Start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. A lot of fun today. Thanks for joining us. We're going to continue to do this until we get it right which means we're back tomorrow. Hope you join us for the entire crew. Fritzy, Seaton, Marv, Paulie, yours truly. Spin the Dan Patrick Show.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.